Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, November 2, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a squeeze operation. There must be traders that get pies in the face issued, specifically on a conveyor belt. Today was that day. They took the shorts out behind the woodshed after the Fed. Talked a little bit about it last night. Talked a little bit about it in the live room. Whatever everybody thinks is going to happen, generally speaking, the opposite is going to happen. Many traders were betting the market was going to collapse after the Fed. Went the other way. Here comes the squeeze operation. Let's talk about what happens from here. We have a bottom. Now, whether that's a lasting bottom or not remains an unknown. But it is a bottom looking at the facts Today, we take the market at face value. We have a bottom. She's heading where? Well, now she's heading up to the 50-period moving average. We don't know that they'll exactly get there. I have numbers. I'm going to give you some in a few minutes. We're just talking around things. We're getting the big picture under our belt. Flipping over real quick to the weekly chart, you see there's a 20-week moving average up above. Back above the 20-week moving average, and she'll be where? Above all the moving averages, and the trend is firmly your friend. Remember what we said a while ago. I've said it a number of times over time whenever we're down there. The big-time money managers watch the weekly chart, 50-period moving average. When price sustains below that, not just for a day or two or a week, when price sustains below that, they start to shed positions. They get what's called in the business, in the trading parlance, gun shy. As far as the big time money managers are concerned, above the 50 period weekly moving average, and it's just a pullback until proven otherwise. For now, the bulls are back in town. Not to say the market has to stay bullish every day. The bulls are back in town, meaning if you turn on the TV, I guarantee you they're riding the bull horse. As a reminder, they closed the month of October above the breakup candle low. They spiked it, get into the 20-period moving average, spiked it, bounced off both, closed the month above. That can't be viewed as a bearish signal. They never hit this trend line doesn't mean they won't. That's the bear case. Just because we've had a few days of a bounce off of a low doesn't mean they won't be back down. We take it at face value one day at a time while they're going up. We don't assume they're going to collapse. We assume they're going to get to a destination. Where's the next destination? Get out your sticky notes. And the calculator says... 432.75, it's right underneath the 50-period moving average. That doesn't have to be the end. That is a target for now. They should reach that destination. Doesn't have to happen tomorrow. May happen tomorrow. May happen Monday. We don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but that should be achieved for 32.75. Sometimes they come up short. Other times they spike them through. It is a target not necessarily a shorting place. Anytime soon, meaning tomorrow slash Monday, 435.95 would be a shorting place. 
Not to say the market can't react at 432.75, 433. It can, but if they got up here within the next couple of days, I believe that would be called a stone cold short. What do we call this area, this box here? I call them a breakdown box. Why is that? The market ate some time off the clock. This was around the head and shoulders neckline, if you remember. It was going like this. And market invalidated the technical head and shoulders pattern, but then went down anyway. This is a breakdown box because this is the box in which the market broke down from. What are they doing now? They're coming back to run a test of that breakdown box. Funny how this all works. How about an intermission? Just want to show you something. I haven't talked about the lazy swing trader product in a while. How did it do during the downturn? What's going on in there? Well, I'm just going to give you the short list of stocks that are on the closed list. What this means is some of these have an open second or even third target, but these are stocks that hit their first target and were closed out mainly in October, a few over the last couple of days. If you just do the simple math, put the same amount in every trade, run the numbers down, it's about 50% gain during the downturn with some of them having open trailing positions for more gain. These stocks have a text alert, an email alert, they're on a watch list, we have a closed trade list, an open trade list, and a watch trade list. It's an open book. It's an algorithm. It's an automated system. And you can go look up the charts of any of these symbols here on the left. Like I say, pause the video, go back to the charts, and double check the work. Getting back to the SPY, this was what we call a trend day. Now, this morning in the live room, we had this discussion. We have it all the time when the market's up in the morning or down in the morning. Traders will say, hey, it looks like a trend day. Well, at 10.30 in the morning, you can't tell it's a trend day. But this morning, we had a nice, healthy discussion on the fact that this is one of those days, those rare occasions where you can and can get a trend day. Not can-can, but can and can. It was what we call in the trading parlance the perfect elixir. You got a gap and go. You got a squeeze operation. The Fed's behind us. You got a bunch of shorts in the market. They have to cover. Buying begets buying. Hence, you get one of these trend day up situations. What about inside the numbers? Now, you don't know it's a trend day up when the market starts in the morning. So on a gap higher open, you're really looking for A, either a pullback for a continuation move, or you're looking at a resistance place where you can take a scalp with potential on the short side. All this was early at zero dark 30 before they started to get going right into the opening bell and beyond. So we'll scroll a little bit and see what we have as the market gets set for what we call game time. So right out of the chute before the opening bell, if they were going to pull back in a shakeout operation, I was interested in a spike below 425. We'll get back to the charts in a minute. 427 is some overhead resistance, and here's the area. 427.80 up to 428.65 would be an area of interest on the short side if reached sooner than later. We think better in pictures. Also, it's easier to see. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 
You can see 427.80. They came into it. They reacted from it. They did provide a base hit with potential. However, there was no more potential. They decided to go up again. So there was another trade. But wait, there's more. This was before the opening bell. So they did the thing. They provided the base hit. And by 944, you can see there's your initial reaction from the number. Traders short now have a profit in their pocket and can hold a trailer. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Nobody lets the trade go bad on them. That's when we're holding a trailer. By 1029, here's the next post because the next trade is coming. 428.65 to 429.45 is the next zone of resistance where they should have a reaction back in the other direction. Not a tremendous trade, but another base hit nonetheless. You can see here they came into 428.65, came up short of the next number, all the way back down, provided the base hit. We have traders shorting above the number, around the next number. So we had plenty of profits two times in the morning session on a short trade in the middle of a trend day up. Now, there were some traders that rode the trend, yes, but that's not the easy trade because you don't know what's happening until it's happening. The buy high and sell higher trade is a momentum situation and you have to know where you're wrong. And we talked about it in the live room. Anybody that wanted to be long, you couldn't get below the opening range low. That was all the way down here. The low of day was 426.56. So as long as price stayed above that level, then you were prone to go higher. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart and double check the work. What else you need to know on a day like today is when they have a gap and go, a trend day, that kind of things, it really takes a lot of the or most of the opportunity away from the intraday trader. You just have to accept that as a fact. Take the market at face value. We can't chase it around. We don't invent trades. We take the market for what it is in a quiet trend day, grinding day, that type of thing. It's not a trader's environment. What about stocks on the move? We had five on the board today. TPX and Marriott hit their entry objectives. ENPH, Crocs, and Sedge did not. The ones that do not, they're off the board. They're no trades. We only want things at our numbers, not somebody else's numbers. Let's take a peek at the chart of TPX and Marriott. Temper Sealy getting a haircut at the opening bell, came into the number close to it, bounced, came into it later. And by the time they came into it, we talked about it in the live room. A, I didn't like the way they did it. And B, at that point in time, now pay attention to this. It's really important. I'm going to teach you something we talked about in the live room today. After the morning rush hour period, first 60 to 90 minutes of the trading day, now, that part of the day doesn't matter if you have a divergence between a market that's going up and a stock that's going down because you have a flood of volume, there's activity, and they could be headed for a destination. Generally speaking, the selling gets done within an hour or two. If there's heavy selling, not every time, just most of the time. But after that period of time, when you have a divergence, you have relative weakness in a stock while the market's going the other way, it's a lot harder for that stock to get a bounce and participate in the upswing if it's got relative weakness after the morning rush. So what I call that is variable risk that we don't need. Doesn't matter at 10 o'clock in the morning, 9.45, 10.15, but it does matter when you start getting into 11, 11.30, 12 o'clock. Now you gotta bounce, but you just gotta creep right back to the number and look where they closed, pretty much on top of the number. So what am I gonna say? You got it. 
the numbers work. Just the trading aspect isn't always the same. It's got what we call in the trading parlance nuances. You have to know where your variable risk factors are. We got a whole laundry list of them in the live room. How about Marriott after its buzz cut at the open? Unfortunately, it bounced in front of the number quite a bit and then did the deed anyway. So number one, the numbers work. Number two, even at the same time they bounced in front, we still had some participation in the live room in Marriott. Look at that rip away from the number. The numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, 164 and change was the head and shoulders target. They hit the target, spent a few days carving out a bottom, and here come the squeeze. Here are your next two numbers in the IWM. 171.95 can certainly play games with the market, can be a stopping point anytime soon, like over the next couple of days, if they miraculously got up to 175.30, it's called a stone cold short. Here's your next resistance zone. These are targets on the way up, and this one can be a short if reached sooner than later. How they get there depends on whether or not it's a bona fide trade. How about the folks down at the transportation department? How come they didn't finish near the high of day? Pretty interesting stuff. Big gap up, big win for the day, but they did not power forward into the closing bell. My second favorite market leading indicator, but a number one canary in the coal mine. This one is of note. It's a puzzle piece. I'm putting it on the table. We're watching the weekly chart tomorrow, Friday's close. Can they get up above this last breakdown candle high into these moving averages, close the week above. If they can close the week above this high, 14,482 and change, that is a bullish signal. Doesn't mean immediate rapid pace movement higher, but it's a bullish signal on the dot. How about the Q people heading right for that 50 period moving average? Guess what? Get above that 100, which is the next one. The trend is your friend until when? Until the very end. 369.90, right out of the calculator. Overhead resistance, target. Not easy to just waltz right on through. How about the XLF? Nice big short squeeze, finished near the highs of day, heading right for 33.45, the 50 period moving average, which is overhead resistance and a target. 33.70 tomorrow, maybe even Monday, would be in the category of a likely stone-cold short. Everybody have their sticky notes out? I hope so. About Smash Mouth, all the markets look the same. Big rally day across the board, stuck in between the 20 and 50 period moving average. Same routine, today slash Monday, 151.80. Not easy to just waltz right on through. Never even got to the 50-week moving average. A pullback in an uptrend, smash mouth. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.